Hello, everybody, and welcome back to MarkTech Masters. We are here today with Luke Summerfield from HubSpot. And uh, Luke, please tell us where you are, because that's very important nowadays. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Uh, my name is Luke Summerfield, and I am in uh, sunny San Diego is where I live. But uh, as you all know, we're sticking inside a lot today, so not too much sun in the last uh, couple weeks. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, Luke, we, we're going to talk about HubSpot and specifically the HubSpot CMS today. Uh, but tell me, for people that don't know you, tell me a little bit about yourself, your history with HubSpot, your history with the, with the development team, the CMS, and, 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 and what we're going to talk about today. I, I've been in, very much like yourself, I've been in the HubSpot bubble for a long time. I mean, I, I think we're going on nine years and f uh, about five and a half years at HubSpot. And before that, I actually worked at a partner agency. And so working with clients directly implementing HubSpot for about three and a half years. So it was really great to see that perspective. That agency got acquired. I moved on to HubSpot and did quite a tour of duty over the years across all different departments from marketing to the partner program to um, the last few years in product. And all of those have been around the theme of, of building things on the CMS from development to the marketers to the strategy. Um, and so that's the world that I've been living in. That's that's awesome. Uh, again, thank you for, for joining us today. Uh, of course, these are tough times. Uh, you're at home. I'm at home. Most of the world hopefully is at home um, and things are changing. So um, do you have any any advice for people? You've been on the go and, and living remote for your whole life, pretty much. Uh, do you have any advice for people to to, you know, adapt to these new times or try to, you know, be human and, and connect with people in these tough times? I, I th I've been remote now for a little over two years, fully remote. And before that, I had the, the fortunate opportunity of traveling quite a bit and um, kind of working on the road for about six months out of the year before that. So there's there's definitely a, a, a little bit different approach. I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, we're all humans. We're all just trying to connect. And I think it's a lot easier to do that, obviously, when you're in person and certain things you take for granted uh, are no longer available to you. So, um, I mean, we're all very fortunate these days. We have things like Zoom. We have things like Slack that we can take advantage of. But to speak to your question directly, I, I would compartmentalize it into two, two parts. First is, how as a company do you need to adapt? And then secondly, how is you as an individual? Because the things that I do personally, I need to change my, I had to radically change my schedule um, for working remotely. Uh, a couple things for company. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there already on how companies can adapt. So I don't want to uh, I'm sure an easy Google search will pull up quite quite a few, but some things that I found quite helpful is um, one, if you're using Zoom and you're using um, Slack and Google uh, Calendar, on Google Calendar, make sure to add Zoom meetings by default. That's a that's a really easy way to get uh, cause a lot of confusion where people have a meeting scheduled and no one knows Sorry, where the heck y'all sure are meeting. Oh, you hear my Google? Learning. They heard me. Um, <laughs> And then uh, having it in Slack, you can integrate in Slack. So on the fly, you just do forward slash Zoom, pops up a meeting. And so it just kind of makes it connecting with people a lot less friction. There's a lot less friction with just like getting on a call and chatting, which Definitely. I think is cool. Uh, the other thing, I mean, a lot of companies are doing little water coolers where they actually schedule a time off. We have a, with my team and as a company as a whole, we have a number of different ones scheduled just for us to catch up, have happy hour, that sort of thing. And that's been nice. 
And I think the other thing is when we're in the office, there's a there's definitely a need to kind of like get started in a meeting right away. And there's kind of like this bad, well, small talk is actually like you don't want to, small talk is bad. But uh, especially in these times where you are so isolated, especially for folks, like a lot of this is just having empathy for other folks and understanding that someone else is maybe at their house alone for 24 hours a day and um they aren't having the normal conversations and interactions they are and so spending some time in the beginning of the meeting just to like all right before we get to all that all that boring work stuff like tell me how what like what's going on how are your kids how's your dog like oh i see you got this in the background you got all kinds of disney stuff like what what's your favorite ride at disney like that sort of stuff um can go really a long way and i don't think at this time we should consider it small talk Um, i agree i agree i think i think we've we've had a lot of that lately where people are starting to open up and do more things even when it's a it's work related we have our coffee talks in the morning uh instead of making the coffee talk series we have coffee together at 9 a.m every morning you know with a team and that has been you know sometimes we talk a little bit about business sometimes we talk about the changes but sometimes it's like hey everybody has groceries anybody needs a tip on you know (laughs) where to get this or hey i went to this Publix." uh supermarket and they have this you know what i mean just talking yeah. about the the daily challenges right it, it it's so so important to be human uh today and uh and that is also a matter of business nowadays because being human is not just a matter of you with your friends it's also how do you communicate with with your customers with your potential customers and and, and everybody else so um i believe that's also going into that direction be more human right yeah, of course. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, the, a, a business is nothing more than just a, a group of organized individuals. Definitely. Just all, Definitely. all humans that are just organized with a bunch of made-up titles and a bunch yep. of made-up structures. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you boil it down. It's just a bunch of humans hanging out yeah. um, and doing good work. So um, awesome. it's important to remind ourselves of that. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the HubSpot CMS. Um, and, and also, you know, why would someone go to the HubSpot CMS and choose that platform instead, instead of a open source platform like WordPress or Joomla or Drupal or, or a Wix or something like that. Do you want to tell us a little bit of where HubSpot is in that, you know, the, the different spec, you know, the different types of technologies that you can do either in the cloud, in a server and things like that. Yeah. Let me, let me explain actually like three trends that we're seeing, um, three things that are shifting in the web industry, the way that we think about websites and those shifts informed what we launched yesterday with publicly, which was the CMS hub. This is the evolution of our, our existing CMS. And those three shifts are first, the, the culture that comes along with, uh, I guess the three shifts are culture, process, and technology. Culture meaning, how does a company think about the website as a part of their business and how do they think about it as, as a tool to grow their business? Process, meaning the the way that you go about actually like building the thing and optimizing the thing, and then technology, which is more directly to your question, what are what are we what technology are you building on top of your website that supports the culture and the process? Um, really quickly on the first two, and then we'll dive into the technology. The culture side, you know, we saw traditionally companies very much think about their website as a business expense just kind of a necessary evil we got to do. Uh, it's a very much a static brochure is kind of how the company traditionally has viewed the website and very much a um, kind of like a set it and forget it type of a thing. 
modern companies, if you look at what companies like HubSpot and Facebook and Google, all these hyper growth companies are doing and the way that they approach their website, their culture is very much that their website's a business investment. So every time you, you build an add things to your site, you're investing in making the flywheel spin faster and faster and faster. They see it as a product. So it's not just a static brochure, but just like all the other products and services their company offers, they view the website as a legitimate product they offer. Might be free, might be paid. They might have some paid membership sections, but it's a product and they treat it just like a living, breathing product um, over time. And so that's the culture. Then the process if you think about the traditionally how companies build websites, it's very much a business-focused strategy. It's a lot of me, 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 me. It's yeah. not human-centric mm-hmm. like you talked about, customer-centric. Uh, it is very much a painful, large project. You know, it's three, six, nine months, goes over budget, delivered late. It's a whole nightmare. And then because of that, people just set it and forget it. Again, they're just like, it's done. I'm not going to really invest in my website or touch it for the next couple of years until we get a redesign. And we've learned that there's a modern approach. Um, at HubSpot, we call it growth-driven design. And the, there's three elements to that approach, which is a customer-centric uh, strategy. We want to view the world through the lens of our customers and weave the website in as a part of that story. Then we want to build something that looks and performs better than what you have today, but not make it perfect, not spend all day trying to like make everything perfect because we know that the only way to get to perfect is to get something out there. So we're going to get something out there. And then we're going to collect data and use data to inform our decisions. It's no longer what looks pretty. What exactly. does the CEO think? It's let's let's data inform it. So I mentioned that because those are two shifts that are important for us to consider when we're looking at the modern culture and the modern process. We need to evaluate what technology will enable us to do all of that efficiently. And so that's one thing. Now, if we look at the technology specifically, what we've seen in traditional, we, we kind of bucketed into traditional CMSs. Um, the problem with traditional CMSs is they are, a, as your business grows, you have to, you, you basically are demanding more and more out of your website, more pages, more blog content, more interactivity, membership logins. And so what happens is you start adding all this in. And as you add in more things, it becomes a more a complex system. So the problem with a more complex system is over time, you end up shifting your focus to managing the system and focusing on the system and not focusing on actually driving value to your customers. And I think it's like a very subtle thing. And there's a couple other little nuances to that. As the system gets complex, you find that there becomes gatekeepers. Anytime you need to make a change to a traditional CMS that you have to log a ticket with the development team but they're in mid cycle so you got to wait two weeks before they prioritize it and all of a sudden you're two months later and you're wondering why your thing hasn't gotten done like we know especially in a day and age like today you have to be agile you have to be able to change what you're doing and empower your team to get the work done that they need but we're seeing traditional cmss really create those gatekeepers and then you know, to your point, security is more important than ever, and a lot of traditional CMSs don't aren't built from the ground up with security baked in. It's let's layer it on, let's put an add-on in, let's pay some extra fee, and and um, that can cause a lot of problems when you're thinking about not keeping up with updates in with your plugins or your themes or all these other things. It opens the door to a lot of vulnerabilities because security is not built from the ground up. So if we look at 
if we look at modern CMSs, and then I'll kind of shift it to like why we launched this yesterday. Modern CMSs, we said, okay, if why do we even folk? Why do we even force a company to have to manage the system themselves? Why don't we build it on a SaaS infrastructure, just like every other? Every other software category is built in SaaS these days. Like it's insane that that this isn't just built in a SaaS infrastructure. So this build on a SaaS infrastructure where all the maintenance, all the security is just taken care of for you, and you don't even have to worry about it. You can just focus on your customers, not your systems. And um, we also wanted to. Uh, we also, as we look to modern CMSs, they are um, again. We want to try to build a system that allows marketers, the people actually hands-on using the site, to just be able to do what they need to do to generate leads, to do the work, to drive results. Exactly. They don't have to go to a gatekeeper. You can rely as much or as little on, on a developer as you want. Now, the beauty of that is developers are still absolutely critical, but it frees the developer's time up to build more creative, more impactful solutions versus like making a tweak to the menu item or to change the color of like this button. And so that's like when you look at modern CMSs, they empower the marketer uh, and try to free up the developer's time to work on more impactful stuff. So you're letting you're letting the developer, you're giving the developer the right tools to be flexible, to actually create amazing experiences uh, with, with, with the complexity they need, but at the same time, you're giving the marketer, the day-to-day -day person that needs to do changes, all the power they need to actually do that very quickly. And I, I believe that that's one of the biggest, uh, shifts in, in us moving from technology from like Joomla, WordPress and things like that, like we did six years ago into HubSpot, um, with the HubSpot CMS, uh, we have empowered all of our customers to do all those changes themselves, yeah. save the money, save the time, and also be able to do it at 3 a.m. in the morning if they need to, or just have someone that knows how to do all those changes because it's very simple to use it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, and it, it's there's so many implications to that in terms of how, again, being agile, like you said, do Thing, like in this day and age, things change so quickly, and it's really important that you don't have this three-week lag time to do anything on the site. Um, the last two observations on CMSs, if you look at traditional CMSs, they are very much a one-size-fits-none kind of experience. We were talking earlier being human, right, and and tailoring the experience for an individual. What are they, what are they looking for? And with traditional CMSs, it's very difficult to do that. You end up having to basically create one experience, whether it's your first time visiting a site or whether you're a lifelong customer, whether you're a dealer versus a, versus a direct customer. And so modern CMSs give you the flexibility to build those personalized experiences. And then lastly, be able to like actually report on the results that your content efforts are getting, right? The CMO needs to know what we're investing in the website, what results are we getting? And traditional CMS is very fuzzy. It's really hard to tell directly what bottom line impact you're having. Modern CMSs are connected with your CRM. Everything's all synced. It's very clear to see the leads you're generating, the, the customers you're generating, and the revenue that those customers are getting. Um, and so that those shifts, those three shifts, the culture, the process, the um, technology, those are happening regardless if HubSpot's in the conversation, but we recognize it at HubSpot, and that's why yesterday we launched CMS Hub, which is our evolution of our existing CMS um, into two tiers, a pro and an enterprise tier, to basically take 
allow uh, marketing teams and developers and IT folks to take advantage of those shifts and make sure that they're able to um, build the websites to the modern process and then have what they need, like we talked about with the technology side. Yeah, before we go into some of the features that you can get with the with the latest updates, uh, let's t- talk a little bit about security because lately we have seen in the news there's a rising cybersecurity attacks and issues with people working from home, so many people working in unsecured environments, and, and websites are not completely disconnected from all of this. Uh, and, and I have a story, you know, and, and actually the reason why we moved every single one of our customers to the Hapsot CMS was, I think it was five, six years ago, we were managing 120 websites uh, in, a, in, a, in our own server. It was a cloud server. Everything was secured. We supposedly had firewalls, antivirus technology, and a great technology and a hosting company that was supposed to do all of that. Uh, and we were updating websites most of the time. Um, you know, it depends in, in the relationship that you have with the, with a customer. Sometimes they take on that responsibility. Sometimes we can take on that responsibility. All of a sudden, one of our customers had an infection, a virus, sorry, a virus has more than one. Uh, uh, and when we say virus, everybody is, uh, is, is, is nervous today, but computer viruses can move into websites and, and someone got infected in their network that network passed because someone did an FTP into the server, the virus into the website, the virus was actually programmed to actually get into hosting companies. And that virus infected all 120 websites. So after it got into one account, it started reproducing around all the other accounts. It took us 120 hours to fix this. 120 hours. That's, that's crazy. I mean, that's, but, but the, but the thing is, is like in some weird way, because of the way traditional CMS is, that's just like kind of how it's always been that we as companies just kind of accept like, hey, like we need to like layer on all the security. We got to keep an eye on it. Like hacks are going to happen. And, uh, but it's a huge, huge risk for your business. And especially when you're managing 120 um, websites, even if you're managing one website, one website um, on WordPress has an average of 20 to 50 plugins. It's got a theme. It's got the core um, CMS itself, all of those things, one, need to get updated. And two, you're kind of relying on these third-party developers to keep their plugins up to date. I mean, a lot of developers, let's be honest, they build these plugins as as side projects, and then they never end up actually like pushing updates on a regular basis. If you get an update, you have to keep on top of it. All that's to say, all that's to say is that when you when you don't have things up to date, when they slip out of date, which is quite common, there's big vulnerabilities to the stuff that you're talking about. And uh, not only is that expensive, not only is that a legal risk, not only is that a lost opportunity if the site is down for a while, but, I mean, it's uh, it's it's a lot of risk that, again, is is kind of baked into how traditional CMSs work. Of course. And, and, and again, it took us, again, 120 hours. We're talking about a lot of work from the whole team to make it happen. In the meantime, some websites were down, some websites were not. We were recovering things from backup. Uh, then we had to clean it up. All of that doesn't exist. As soon as we moved everything into the Hapsot CMS, we've never had an issue like that. We've never had websites going down. And that's, I, I think, today more than ever, where people are going to run their business online 
run their business through their website, not just have a brochure online, right? Uh, that is going to be even more important than ever, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, we think of it, in at least at HubSpot, we think of it in, t- in three categories. We think of, first, the security itself, right? So what do we build into the infrastructure for security? Uh, second, we think of it in terms of monitoring. So what are uh, what capabilities do IT teams or developers that own the website want in terms of monitoring activity? And then three is uh, things like compliance, right? That's compliance is like maybe not directly tied with security, but um, maybe compliance. Another way you can think of it is also governance. Like how much control and access do you want to give to different internal team members? That's like another, I guess, a separate way we think of compliance. And so if we think about it from HubSpot, again, we're SaaS CMS. We just take care of all that stuff for you. Um, I'm not going to get into all the the nerdy IT technical stuff that we could, but uh, at the end of the day, if you're whether you're shopping for HubSpot or not, you want to look for some very key things. You want to look for that. You have a what they call a, a global CDN, CDN, a content delivery network. Um, that basically means that the content will be served up um, remotely from different loca- the closest location to the viewer in a fast, secure, reliable way. Um, costs a little bit more, but it's well worth the security concerns. And for us, it's just baked into you know your overall cost of HubSpot. Getting an SSL, um, that's starting to become more standard, which is great, but there's a lot of um, companies that maybe haven't paid attention to their website in a while that uh, they're missing a, a SSL certificate, which is essentially like a little security layer. Uh, we also have web application firewalls built directly into the system. We have a 24-7 monitoring team where our security team, we have legit humans and technology that monitors any weird influences in the systems so that we can get on top of it ASAP. Um, you know, you want to look for that sort of stuff. Um, and you can always look for things like, you know, downtime and you know, the industry standards, 99.99%. Anything below that is just like, you know, and that's what you get for the, the $30 a month hosting. You're exactly. going to get lower d- downtime. Things are going to go down more like uh, more uh, more frequently. So that's that. And then if we, if we talk about the monitoring standpoint, uh, there's a couple things you want to do. You want to be able to monitor, especially if you're a scaling organization, you got a big IT team, you got multiple locations around the world, you want to be able to up monitor the uptime of the site so that if there is something that uh, uptime and performance. So one is the thing live, two is if it's live, is it performing well or not? And so for example, at HubSpot, we have a performance monitoring API that gives the IT teams peace of mind. It's, it allows them to watch all this stuff and make sure everything's all ready to go and spot any errors before they even happen. And that can get integrated into other, like a lot of security teams, like at a company or IT teams are already using something like SignalFX or Pingdom or some of these monitoring tools for their other systems. And they can just plug HubSpot um, CMS directly in there. Uh, and then the last one that, uh, well, and then the other two that I'll talk about is um, around, again, that governance. And that means what content are we going to give either a team or an individual access to? And that's absolutely important, right? You ha- you can have a lot of interesting things security-wise that are not necessarily hacks. You could have a former employee that goes rogue, or you could have, um, you know, the wrong person having access to something they don't need, and all of a sudden, you know, they, they break a 
core part of the website. Yeah. And so it's very important, especially as you have a bigger site and more teams and you get into multinationals, that you can set permissions for this team or this individual has exactly what they need. They're not getting distracted by things they don't. Um, we have also activity logging built in where you can see an activity feed of all the actions happening so that your IT team, you know, if they need to audit anything or see where things are changing, they know way in advance. Um, and then things like um, SSO, single sign-on, where you can control who has access to what through something like Okta or an SSO um, tool. And when you need, you can revoke access uh, or give access at a heartbeat to all the different tools. You don't have to, oh, I forgot to revoke their their access to this one thing in HubSpot. Um, you can just do it all, you know, their HubSpot access through SSO. So those are just a few things I can send along. Um, we have a page that details all this in general um, or in, in depth, and I can send it along if we'll it's interesting. We'll share it on the, on the blog for sure. For sure. Beautiful. Any any other updates that you want to share from the from what we what you guys launched yesterday? Oh man! Anything There's like so... that? What's the most exciting thing? I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one or two from. We have two tiers now, so we have Pro and Enterprise. Yeah. Let me give you uh, at least one from each. So Pro, Pro, this is the evolution of our existing CMS. So some of you might have um, been familiar. We've had a CMS for quite a while. It's been evolving quite a bit over the years. And one of the biggest distinctions that we did with this new launch that happened yesterday was totally rethinking, reimagining the editing experience for a marketer and for a developer. If you've ever used or looked at our CMS uh, historically, we only really had one way for both of those people to do their work on the site, which was our design manager. And the design manager works well for some folks, but what we found was that it's not an ideal uh uh, website building experience for developers and marketers. So we've offered now two distinct experiences. For developers, they can uh, code locally. Uh, they can build all on their own machines using their editors, their frameworks, everything that they, they already are probably using if they've been coding for, for a while. Uh, they can pipe it up through GitHub for version control. They can use the CMS sandbox for QAing, and then they can pipe it into the production portal for the live once they're ready to go live. And so, basically, it gives them all the tools to hit the ground running um, for those developers that love to code locally. But from the marketer's perspective, very distinctly different experience. Marketers, hundred percent drag and drop. Like very visual, drag the stuff, drag the image over, resize it, add a new column, move a button. Very, very visual. What you see is what you get, but they get to move it around in a visual way, almost like you're on a whiteboard and you're moving everything around on a whiteboard and making things bigger and smaller. Um, and so there's that. The second thing that we included as a part of that is also in the editing experience is something called themes. So themes will allow marketers and marketers to change the look, the feel, the style of a site without having to touch any CSS code. So these are like knobs and dials they can change. Um, and then the third thing is global editing. So in the past, it was a real pain in the butt to try to change uh, an, an element that was replicated across the entire site, like a header or a footer or a menu. And so we've created a new editing experience for anything global that's really easy for marketers. They don't have to get into code. They don't have to go to the design manager. It's just right in the visual editor. Um, now, 
the beauty of that is these two experiences work seamlessly together. As the developer's coding in the way they want to work, the marketer can be editing visually, and they all work together. And the developer can determine what does the marketer's editor experience look like. So they get to determine, here are the knobs and dials we're going to give to the marketer so they can get their work done. Here's the styling options we want to give to the marketing team to enable them to get their work done. And so... Um, you know, there's there are some guardrails there. There's not a full keys to the kingdom. That's how things get broken and you have headaches. But you you give the teams what they need to get their work done. So that's that in the pro. I think is one of the more exciting things. I mean, there's a lot of other things. A/B testing is now in the standalone. In if you purchase the CMS on its own, we've done a lot with multi language. So anyone who's got multiple languages, um, that's interesting. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Enterprise. This is where I get super excited. <laughs> I start to nerd out. So um, so the enterprise, just to kind of recap on who these tiers are kind of for, the pro CMS Hub Professional is for fast-growing companies that are tired of being held back by those clunky management systems that require lots of maintenance and require are difficult for marketers to get their work done, kind of this whole story we talked about. Enterprise also does that, but it's for... A little bit bigger companies, a little scaling, more scaling companies that want to build these powerful, personalized web applications, web experiences, and they start to have all these teams and all these locations. They need that governance on this like growing, scaling company. And so the feature that I'm most excited about is that web, web apps, being able to build CMS web apps on top of HubSpot CMS. And so that could look like quoting tools, calculators, payment processing, learning management systems, event registration systems, um, these very um, robust applications that are built directly into HubSpot CMS. And there's a few features in there um, that allow that. One is login functionality through our memberships um, tool. There is a, a, a new tool in there called serverless functions. And serverless functions, for those who aren't, aren't technical, the way you can think of it is like basically a little place to store applications so that you don't have to go elsewhere and spin up a server and deal with all the maintenance, all the stuff we were talking about. Just right in the CMS, you can just host um, you know, your little application. You can host your applications in there and makes it super easy for the marketer to do what they need to do and the developer doesn't have to spin up all these outside servers. And um, we have like reverse proxy support, um, there's in both tiers we have our hub db database for dynamic content so there's a lot of really interesting things we're already seeing a couple companies um that are i mean we just released it yesterday but we already have a few folks that are sending us stuff they built and it's pretty cool to see that's awesome i love to to see the cms going to the next level um it, it it's been very easy to pretty much create a website for most of our customers uh but but then there there is that extra um, complexity sometimes needed and this new tier is going to allow us to do so much more in an easy way have the developers do what they're best at and then have the marketer be able to change whatever they need to change without breaking stuff uh, that is so critical uh, for, for everybody so such good news uh, from the two tiers and also from all the updates I, I think it's going to be super exciting um, to, to, to continue to build websites in the in the Hapsot CMS, uh, the 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 other thing that um, that that I that I love about the CMS is how you can um, you can connect the dots 
between marketing, sales, customers, because that's the, that's the key to this whole thing. The website is not just that brochure anymore. It's connected to absolutely everything, marketing, sales, customer service, all in one place. And HubSpot is giving you that is the CMS plus the CRM plus your marketing, your, your sales, your customer service tickets. So you can make decisions on what you're showing, what you're doing, depending on what people do on your website. And that is the power of HubSpot as a whole. Right. Uh, and, and I love that now the the CMS is its own hub, uh, where you can choose your level for each one of those hubs and, and, and customize your experience, uh, with HubSpot. Yeah, I mean, that that goes back to, again, talking about how do you report on the ROI of your website and the content efforts. If you don't have, if you have these disjointed systems where the data doesn't talk and you're limited on what you can do because of that, you can't connect the dots, it's very, very difficult. Um, again, I think it's just, let us just take care of it. We put it all into one spot. You got, Definitely. that's that's kind of the beauty. It's an all-in-one platform for leads and, leads and um, visitors. And that starts by building the CMS on top of the CRM. They're baked together, uh, including also now our, this might be kind of interesting, is our conversational platform. So that right now we've increased, if you buy the pro or the enterprise CMS, that you get higher limits than what's in our free. But it also comes with all our free tools. So you get the free email, you get free social, free paid ads, like all the free tools, the CRM, the, um, the CMS, and then the conversational platform. And then like you said, those are just one piece of a puzzle. And to really build those customer experiences and grow your business, you need some of those other pieces. The, you really need to build out the marketing side of the business, the sales side of the business, the customer service side. And to one click button, you get all the tools you need and all the data is all being synced through the CRM. So you don't have to migrate anything or change data or anything. It's all which, just, which it's also all just baked in there. Which also everything safe and, and, and secure because at the end of the day, uh, you know, Privacy is also very important. And if you have one database oh, yeah. with everything and everything connected in one place is even better considering a lot of changes in the world uh, with, with safety and privacy. So that's also another reason why to why to move to the HubSpot CMS. So again, thanks, thanks look for all the all the in incredible insight about the new HubSpot CMS. But before you go, I know you are an avid re reader. You read a million books, as you can see in the background, uh, and, and you have amazing recommendations. Anything to recommend? I, I think people will have more time than ever now to read. So uh, anything <laughs> you're reading, anything important, anything uh, interesting? I, I, I mean, I, I always have a number of books going on. I kind of think of books as... I give you, I'll give you two tips. They're not going to be necessarily... Um, read this book, but it's two tips that I think will help a lot as people think of what to read. First tip is I, I kind of think of books as when I pick a book to read, I think of it almost like when I'm picking music. There's certain music that I want to listen to depending on my mood. If I'm like really chill, I want to put on some different music. If I'm really upbeat and I need to like get going or work out, I'm going to put different music on. So I usually have at least three books going. Um, and sometimes that's Audible, paperback, Kindle, like format might also depend on what topic is um and I, I'll, I'll read a different book for the mood so in the morning i read something that's very different than if it's during the day or if it's if i'm driving or if it's something like that so that's the first thing is recognize that you can pick a different book for different moods and a lot of times that makes the reading more enjoyable you're not trying to read something that's very 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 serious when you're like just want something lighthearted and fun um and the second thing is i usually um the last few years when I, I try to identify a theme for like, what do I want to learn? So for instance, this year, my mantra is 
the world's a stage and you're the lead performer, which is like, you know, like a cliche, but it's basically around communication and trying to improve my communication. And so that's the first thing is like, what, what skill do I want to, I want to develop? And then I look at what industries, totally different industries than what I'm in now are like light years ahead on that particular skill. So I'll give you an example. Right now, I'm I'm really focused on communication, on performance. Again, the world's the stage and you're the lead. And so I'm like, who is really good at performing? And I'm like, magicians. Magicians are phenomenal performers. That's that's literally all what they do. magic is, is just <laughs> exactly. performing, right? And it's, and it's about getting people to zone in and really focus on one area so that they can do something over here you don't see. And they, they're just really good show personship in terms of, how they bring it together. So I got, I just bought a bunch of books on, um, on magic, on improv comedy, on acting. And I don't have any interest in ever becoming an improv comedian. I don't have any interest in becoming a, a magician. It's fun maybe around the house, but um, there are principles in there that put those professions at such a high level at that, that I can pull away and say, okay, they did it like this in magic. How do I regurgitate that into my next presentation that I do with Gabriel when we record our podcast? And so, um, again, that's not a recommendation on a book, but I would encourage folks that are watching this, if you find a, an area you want to grow in, try to look outside. It's really easy to get narrow focus and be like, I'm only going to read business and marketing books, only going to read business and marketing books. And I, I can tell you, if after you read one or two or three of the books on a topic, it's like they are all end up being saying the same things in a different way, which um, can be good in the context of your life. Like you want to read things that are very contextual, but... You know, a lot of times I learn the most and I connect the dots the most from seeking like totally unrelated things that share common threads or common characteristics like underneath. Yeah, I remember you mentioned you were you were trying to learn experience and you were defining how can you make it create a better experience. And you were reading about theme parks or, you know, things yep. like that. And that that's exactly the same kind of example. Uh, it definitely makes sense. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. Anything else, Luke, that you want to share with, with everybody? Again, all kinds of things going on right now, but anything you want to share from HubSpot, from you, uh, that this is your stage. Go ahead. <laughs> I, guess the, I, I guess the thing going on to our previous conversation that I think is, is good for folks to know is that HubSpot um, is doing a number of relief things to try to make it easier for business to go uh, continue going. And, um, you know, that's from both you know, internally with our employees, with our, our partners, and also with um, customers. And so there's there's a page online we can put in the show notes, I'll send it, that outlines all the different things we're doing. But um, one of the things, of course, as kind of business stalls in the retail, in the in-person side of things, a lot of companies are trying to get online. They're trying to figure out how do we continue growing as a business focused primarily on digital. And so one of the things we did was we uh, added a bunch of new limits, a uh, um, bunch of new things into our free tools um, without limits. We've removed limits on like email and things like that so you can keep in touch with your, your customers. And um, we also brought down, um, so again, as we mentioned, we have marketing tools, sales tools, service tools. We, we call that the growth stack when you have those kind of three combined. Um, normally that's, I think it's like a hundred and... $20, $150 a month for the starter, for yeah. the starting tier. With a discount already. I think it was 150 with, and it, 120 yeah. discounted. And I, now yeah. it's at 50, right? 50 bucks. Yep. So for 50 bucks, you can get access to the sales, marketing, 
and uh, service tools, which will basically get you up and running. And then, um, you know, again, if you're interested in hosting a website or revamping your website or any of that, you can add on the CMS as well. So um, I just say that it's a, it's a good way. There's some things that we're doing to try to make it easier for companies to, to do their digital transformation, get online, and keep things moving in, in obviously the times that we're in. So I think that's, that's, um, that's good. We'll put, I'll put the link um, in the show notes or I'll send it over. And um, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the best thing that I can say. And um, th- I guess the other thing is just have have a little bit of empathy for everyone. I mean, I I've found myself wondering why isn't this done or or like this person hasn't responded. And sometimes it's it's easy to forget that um, there's a lot of other things going on work wise and personal life wise um, that uh, we could all need to empathize a little bit more and have a little bit more patience, uh, of course, in these days. Definitely, definitely. And and I want to say thank you for an amazing partner, partnership with HubSpot. As partners, HubSpot has been there uh, for a long time with all of us, um, helping and, and helping us grow and helping us help our customers and create more value. Uh, that continues to happen. And also, they've been great through, through this crisis. So I want to thank you as one of the uh, key members of HubSpot to to for all the stuff that you guys do and and you Luke especially for for the CMS uh, team and the amazing job that you guys have been doing to to make this a very robust and very easy to use uh, tool for everybody to to make the most out of their website and use it as a as a growth tool uh, not just a brochure online so thanks again Luke for for being in Martech Masters with us um, and uh, again I really appreciate you having having you here uh, and uh, we'll stay in touch okay yeah thank you so much for having me cheers everyone take care have a good one stay safe This episode of MarTech Masters was produced and edited by Nextiny Marketing. To watch the series, visit our website at nextinymarketing.com. Subscribe to our channel to keep up to date with the latest news from our friends and MarTech Masters.